Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast with David Liz So manifest the greater this And things all good cause I say it is Investing in inner wealth Real generational wealth is mental health It's an inside game, no toxicity Let's talk and more listening Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, Elizabeth Holtzla, host of the Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to Inner Wealth Podcast. My name is David McCullough the founder and CEO of Inception, the first mental health gym. And today I have a special guest with me, Dr. Grace. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Detroit, Westside. Oh, well, you got to say what up, though, then. <laughs> what, what up, what, though? What up, what up, though? That's all right. <laughs> Detroit, Westside? Yeah. Where'd you go to high no, school? Northwest side. Um, first, I went to Chaos. Okay. And then um, that January, I spot opened up at Renaissance. So instead of catching that. Instead of catching that long way downtown to catch the bus, yeah. I was like, I need to get close, be closer to home. Okay. So, so you graduated from Renaissance? Yes, I did. I went to St. Mark de Porres, which is right around the way from Renaissance. Right. My mom went to Cast Tech as well. So mm-hmm. so how did you uh, get into the, the medical profession? What what took you down that rabbit hole? What took me down the rabbit hole of medical profession, uh, pe- um, I was part of a group that was called the Medical Explorers. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of dating myself. But it was mm-hmm. kind of like the um, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, but it was a group of young individuals that were interested in the medical field. Mm-hmm. And one of our field trips was down to Detroit Receiving, and I met a black male anesthesiologist who said he put people to sleep for a quarter of a million dollars. And I'm mm. like, ooh, I can put people to sleep for a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's been history. But um, about the time I, gra- I got into medical school and about to graduate from medical school, um, that field was saturated. So wow. I was like, you know, I need to do something. And I loved everything. Mm-hmm. So family practice allows you to do everything. It, the logo is from the womb to the tomb. So you can deliver. Right. And you can see everybody up until the age elderly, both male and female. So that's so was that a was that a um, how was well I I should say how was that seeing a black doctor at that time for you? I had never seen a black doctor ever. Even when my mom took me to the doctor, they were Mm. all of other persuasions. Mm. (laughs) So to see that, it really struck a chord with me. It was like, okay, so there are people that look like me that that practice medicine. So mm-hmm. it was, it was amazing. Yeah. I had a, do- I had a black doctor growing up, pediatrician. Yeah. So I, I was exposed to that black doctor. I had a black dentist and I think my mom, and I'll have her on the show at some point. She specifically, <laughs> she strategically did that. 
you know, to know I had people who looked like me who were assisting mm-hmm. me, you know, helping me. So, so when did you, when did you actually, you, you actually got into family practice? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, um, medical school, let me, let me back this frame up a little bit. Rewind. <laughs> um, I was a teen mom. I had my okay. daughter, I got pregnant at 15, had my daughter at 16. And I was like, oh my goodness, they, they told me that I wouldn't be able to become a doctor because I was a teen mom. So I purposed within myself that to make my daughter the reason and not my excuse. Mm-hmm. So I pressed forward. I mean, I um, I had a teacher come to my house to continue my education after I had my daughter. Had no idea that was available. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished high school on time. Uh, College took a little bit longer. Med school took a little bit longer because I was doing it as a single per- mom. mom. So, right. um, so once I finished residency, uh, well, I should say medical school, I took an elective in alternative medicine, mm. and um, that I was really intrigued about how the body works from a natural perspective, because medical school teach you uh, how the body works, the disease. And the pharmacology, mm. and that's it. I right. only had two weeks. I only had two weeks of nutrition, mm. and um, that was it. And I was like, okay. Wow. But now, when I took the alternative class, it was a whole different world opened up to me, and it always stuck with me. And so, um, decided to become a family practitioner because, like I said, I loved everything. Mm-hmm. And um, in the back of my mind, the holistic approach and managing patients was opened up to me from that elective class. So, but don't you feel like you were kind of like, you know, how how did you have the open-mindedness to even understand that, you know what, what they're teaching me is only this much, you know, a little bit, even though you took that elective, right, on alternative, like, how did, how did you know to buck that? Because you almost bucked the trend. You bucked multiple trends, <laughs> first of all. So let's talk about the bucking of one. How did you go through being a single mother? And having the can-do spirit to know, I'm still going to go and be a doctor, even though I'm having a kid. Um, I think my mom always say says to me, it was always in you. So um, my mom tells me stories about when I was little in school. She said teachers would pull her aside and say there's something special about her. And I'm not mm. saying this to be braggadocious or, right. or anything like that. But um, I remember one teacher in elementary school, I remember her name. Her name was... Miss Keppel, because she lived right around the corner from us. <laughs> mm. But anyway, um, she said my mom, uh, my mom had a long talk with her, and she said it's something special about her. Always keep her busy, and so I guess you know God always put in us what He purpose, plan, and design from the beginning. I believe that. And so I can't say it was anything that I did. Um, it was just something that I allowed to be. Oh, okay, so I would say it that way then, too. Yeah. Because all of us, like you say, all of us have that in us. All of us have that special gift. But sometimes, depending on our environment, we can be very blocked from yes. our purpose. Yes. And the trauma, from my understanding, from how I see it, the trauma and the programming is what blocks you. Because if you look outside and look at nature, the programming is already in there. The bees didn't go to bee school <laughs> to learn how to be bees, right? right? The birds didn't learn how to form 
synchronization patterns in the air, it's there, right? Right. So you weren't blocked. So your mom was someone, was your mom and dad around or? Oh, that's a whole nother story. But um, didn't know my dad. Okay. Um, my mom married my stepdad. And mm-hmm. so let's talk about environment for a moment. And I want to be transparent. Okay. Um, you can be blocked based mm-hmm. upon your environment. But again, it's something that was in you. I was molested at the age of two. Wow. I could allow that to have been a block. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At the age of two? At the age of two. And so... Uh, push past that but again I knew it was the spiritual part of me that was like okay you can overcome that mm-hmm. okay um, did it affect my progression as a person yes but that part of me that drive to to obtain to achieve um, what I wanted to do was kind of like uh, Nah, 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 nah. Right. <laughs> I'm right. just, I mean, you know, this is my first time even processing that. That's okay. what it was. It was like a nah, 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 nah. You, I'm wanted, not... to, you wanted to show people that that wasn't going to be the death of you. A- absolutely. Right. And so um, I was, <laughs> looking back on it, I was bullied. Mm. Um, you know, I, I watch all these programs and I'm like, oh my God, that was so sad about they've been, you know, they were bullied. And now even talking to you, it's like, yeah, I was bullied and talked about and everything. Mm. And people used to get mad at me because I wouldn't allow them to uh, copy off my homework. Were you, were you the smart person in school? I was the smart person. Okay. So I'll be the first one finished with my stuff <laughs> and just sitting there looking around. Well, I was the and... one copying off your homework. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I didn't and, want to uh, be there. I need to look at your page. Yeah. So I've had uh, people jump on me and chase me home. Mm. Um, what and, were you doing? You just been, you just too smart. They just didn't like any of your, your smartness, huh? I guess not. Um, that's But you know what? Growing up, it seems like in, in, in black childhood, that's a thing for black kids who are, if you want to call quote-unquote smart or quote-unquote not, um, who seem educated and you're getting good grades and maybe I'm not getting good grades, you know, things of that nature. People, people envy that. I guess. Um, but the thing about it, it was like, I never really had to study per se. Mm. Uh, I didn't learn how to study until med school. Okay. Um, when I was in um, undergrad, everything was blue book. You wrote everything out. So whatever was in my head, whatever I saw, I wrote out. So I did really well. And so when I got to medical school, this is how I describe medical school. Medical school, imagine imagine a fire hydrant on full blast, and all you got to do is get a little sip. Okay. But they say you only by the time you graduate, you can validate this or invalidate it. By the time you graduate from medical school, you only retain probably thirty percent of the information. I guess, but <laughs> it, it was, to me, it was all a game. You know, it's yeah. like you, you know, we did pathology, um, like for a month or two months, and then it was the whole entire book. But then they only ask us thirty questions. Do you feel like? <laughs> Do you feel like, of course, we okay? We see you had the can-do spirit, and it's something in you. You just you just moving, and you're using it as a fuel to show people. You know, Michael Jordan has really did that. He take a lot of people's things they would say about him, and man, he would use that. And you know, um, I can say I've been like that in my life as well. So you use that, but the other uh, end is understanding, and you've seen these things, right? About again, they're only teaching you so much, and you're open to this. How much moral injury did you suffer by going through medical school and seeing how things the way they were and how you knew that there was probably different ways to solve those problems? Um, I always, how can I put this? 
I always was like in the background. It was mm. not like I was pushed or thrust in the forefront. And maybe that was by design and on purpose. Mm. Um, and that probably was part of my trauma. Mm. Because even though I was there, I didn't felt like I deserved to be there, if that makes sense. You were kind of like an outcast. I felt, felt like, like the outcast. Being, were you the only black black woman there? Well, most in most instances, yes, because our class was one of the first largest classes at Wayne State University. It was 65 African-Americans that were in the class at the time. And so it was always, um, I have to prove myself. Mm. Um, even that, Even though that little girl was like, how did I get here? It was like, do I really belong? Do I really mm -hmm. fit? Those were all those uh, voices that I had to contend with at the same time trying to perform. Mm -hmm. And so it was never, I never challenged the system or bucked the system. I'm going to use the system. And once I get where I'm, I need to be, then mm -hmm. I can call the shots. Right. And then I can say how I'm going to treat my patients and manage my patients. And I think that was the undergirding entrepreneur spirit mm. um, until I got around other entrepreneurs um, that allowed me to understand that I can um, I can be in charge. So I guess that's a good thing about being an outcast, though, and, and having that trauma. It kind of keeps you... Um, you want to be accepted, but at the same time, not being accepted gives you a, an advantage not to be indoctrinated. Right, exactly. So I think that's what happened. Um, I had no idea that I would own my own business. That was mm. never something that I really thought in my head. This is what I thought. I thought I was going to uh, get a job. Mm. I thought I would probably work for a group or I'll be in the hospital and, you know, just go to work every day, retire. So did you ever do any of that? Um, for um, No, not really. Um, I did have jobs working for other people, mm -hmm. but they were just stepping stones and learning how not to be now that I look back on it. And um, I had got to the point where I was pushed to the place where I am because I'm not a political person. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a person who... Um, Somebody had told me this. I'll never forget this. They were like, you need to learn how to play the game. I was like, what? And I was never a game player. Mm. I, what you see is what you get. Right. And so I was never in the polit political part of taking care of people. I wanted to take care of people. And so there's politics that are behind the scenes. And it's like, that's not taking care of people. You know? <laughs> you know? So you, you were... Sick care versus real, truly health care. Is that what you're saying? Of course. You know, in the United States, health care is a misnomer. The The profitability of health is being unhealthy. Right. You know, so if everyone was healthy, then you know, be no, no money. money. Right. Well, you know, and, and, and people may think of, um, you know, right now you can go online and you can go down a rabbit hole of every every conspiracy, Right. But you don't need to go down a rabbit hole of every conspiracy when you can just follow money. Right. Right? Absolutely. You can just follow capitalism, right? Right. Like, listen, is no money in people being well. That's what they try to tell you. Right. But but you can't patent to no. natural things. And most no. people don't understand that every drug mimics something in nature. 
Absolutely. It all comes from the Amazon rainforest. Absolutely. Like digoxin. That was the first drug that I I can remember to this day. It's uh, from a plant, mm-hmm. and it's uh, for the heart. But we learned about it in medical school that this lady would use it um, to help people that had swollen ankles and swollen legs and had heart problems. Mm. And so... Was it an anti-inflammatory? No, it's... It, it's, it works at the level of the heart. And so what it does, it helps with the conduction of the heart. Okay. But it was f- formerly from the Phlox Grove plant. And so things like that, like you said, you can't patent nature. But, but every year doing holistic medicine Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. There are laws and lobbyists that uh, avidly uh, want things to stop. So the next thing that the industry is fighting against is bioidentical hormones. Hormones, yeah. Yeah, you know, so before that, I want to say it was, um, I can't think of it right now, but every year um, there's always been an issue with the natural part of helping people to get better. And so um, they have to, we have to come up with new ways and be ingenious in regards to uh, helping people who wants to do the holistic approach. Yeah. Which is, which is very sad, (laughs) you know, even in in a business that I'm, that I'm doing, I've always been like, okay, like trying to watch over my shoulder, but, but to be honest with you, I've never placed too much attention on it. I just do what I do. And that's what it is. But I've been in an alternative, you know, space for probably with my parents, again, going back to 96, 97. But in business for 15 years, and I've seen I've seen a lot of stuff in the alternative space that's not good as well. Right. You know, there's, there's, there's a, on both sides. There are problems, right? And I'm not a, I'm not someone who's a um, antagonist towards the medical industry. It's like, but we have to move from being dependent to interdependent. You know, I believe that if I go to you as a doctor, I should come in with a wealth of information for you about me. Through who? Me. Because I live here. Right. I I live here. Yes. So, Dr. Grace, you should know more about me than me knowing more about me. You know? That's my philosophy that um, you... Doctors have to learn to listen more to their patients and not what they have been trained to do. Mm-hmm. And I have been an advocate. That's how I run my practice, you know. Um, and I do believe that there's a place for pharmacia, pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. and holistic. And I believe that they should work synergistically together. Um, for every pharmaceutical you take, it depletes the body of something. So why right. not fulfill that depletion? And so I really stay on the side of identifying what those deficiencies are and help the patient become an advocate for themselves to work with me for them to get better. And mm-hmm. so I can't see lobbyists telling me how to tell my patient to eat. There'll never be a law to say 
to restrict dietary things. Right. You know what I mean? And so I try to stay under the radar, so to speak, mm-hmm. with training people to do what is normal, you know, eating right, getting your sleep, drinking water, <laughs> you know, all of those things moving are normal. And moving <laughs> your body. All right. of those things are normal. Right. And we have been programmed to think that's abnormal and only a few, you know, you, yeah. you follow what I'm saying? No, absolutely. So, so I want, um, which draw drew me to your facility is my challenge for the last 25 years of being a doctor has been the mindset of people yeah and how they feel about themselves and what is non-compliant you know we've been taught like you know you tell a patient they need to take their medicine and they're not compliant so therefore they're not they're non-compliant mm-hmm. but why are they non-compliant you know, and I um, come to the realization is about how the person feels about themselves and the traumas that they have had coming up. Yeah. And so now me, the doctor, is saying, okay, you got to take this medicine three times a day. You know, you got to do this. You got to do that. And they're like, okay, but right now? Yes, right now. And it's like it's a process. So even myself, when I needed antibiotics and I tried to take it three times a day, like, hey, I'm always missing that afternoon dose, but I expect my patients to do it. Mm-hmm. So being a patient myself at times mm-hmm. and learning the mindset and the modalities of the mindset of remembering, mm-hmm. um, incorporating something in my life that wasn't there before, mm-hmm. and um, the stick um, um, I even have to have to self-talk myself now t- as far as working out. Grace, you, you don't have 15 minutes, Grace. You right. don't love your. This is the conversation I have with myself, Grace. You don't love yourself enough to just work out for fifteen minutes. What's wrong with you? So right. I force myself through self love mm-hmm. to make sure that I do what I need to do to be better. Right. So how do you get a person who's been traumatized, who's been abused, who have been even abused in a medical system? I've had people that tell me, Doctor Grace, I've I've had horrible experiences. Mm. in the medical industry and so how do you get people to view what's good for them in a place where it's really bad for them now well they have to move out of 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 protection and into growth mindset because i'm sure you're familiar with dr bruce lipton and he talks about this there's only two two modes you can be in that's growth and that's protection and trauma shuts your brain down your neocortex you're not processing so the ADD and the ADHD and all these other symptoms is 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 wrapped up in using your resources to survive from threat you're stuck in protection so you've seen it you've seen people come into inception what have some of your clients been like after they've they've left and they've done some services Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so the patients that I've been bringing to you guys are mostly my uh, chronic pain patients. Mm-hmm. So they deal with, I can imagine being in pain every day, all the time, all day long, and even the medications that they're taking is just minimizing it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them are, like you said, in protection, f- flight or fright mode all the time. Right. And so when they come for services, it was like, um, I brought a, I think I brought in a group of six. And so when they came in, it was like, uh, I was getting services too. One of them was waiting for me until I finished. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I have to thank you mm. because it was like a, such a, uh, 
a relief and a release. Release. Yes. A release. There's a there's a difference between a relief and a release. It was a release mm-hmm. of what was capturing them, that was holding them in their minds, as yeah. far as being so. I guess the word being hyped. Um, You're a um, prisoner of your brain trying to protect you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it was really good to see um, that they were able to receive something and um, and me being a part of that. Um, mm-hmm. Because most people want to feel like somebody cares about me. Yeah. You know, so when you feel like somebody really genuinely cares about you, you can go, you know, yeah. so that it lets the guard down a little bit. But man, that's that's for me. That's how I got better. Yeah. It's because I needed somebody to nurture me mm-hmm. and you're nurturing them. You're saying, hey, my clients, I need to take you over here because mm-hmm. they trust Dr. Grace. Let me come over here. Take them here. So I appreciate you bringing them in there because we need to get back our resources, you know, and that's just what the problem is. We're stuck. Yeah. And now that you expose them to that, that facility, that people haven't seen stuff like that ever in their life. No, they haven't. Right. And now that's a huge paradigm shift for them in their belief Mm -hmm. about one, their body being able to heal itself. Yes. Auto-correction. Because a lot of us don't even feel like our bodies can heal itself. We're not the same person that we were 120 days ago. Our trails and our body regenerate every 120 days. How many days does it take for the stomach to repair itself? I think it's like seven days. Yes. I think total, I think it's around, I can't remember if it's seven years in total for your whole body to repair itself. But like Deepak Chopra says, if you take a copy and you make a copy of the copy and a copy of the copy, it's cellular degradation, right. basically. Mm-hmm. It's basically, um, it's not the same. That's why you need to have the best copy and keep duplicating the best copy. Right. But we're copying poor quality right. of a copy. Wow. That's true. That is so true. So, again, I'm coming to you looking for you to be able to to nurse me and to guide me. And when you do that, now your job becomes a lot easier for them and to say, maybe you need to take this and now they can go and do it. Because I've seen, even to myself, and we have somebody in the room who has a story just kind of similar to this is where, you know, I find myself after I've done my own services for years and I'll go home and start cleaning up. Just out of the blue. Why am I cleaning up? Because now I have energy. Wow. I have resources. Yes. You're telling me to take a pill three times a day when I, I'm so overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the stress. You're seeing people who hoard. Mm-hmm. That's fight or flight response. That's just a manifestation of it. Wow. You know? So, yeah, what you're doing and what you're bringing in, people, is like that's why I'm saying we have to become interdependent. I want to be interdependent to you, you know? And I want us to be connected and to share mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I don't want, like, again, everybody who comes to Inception, you may have some health issues. You got to go see Dr. Grace. <laughs> we can't. That's not our job. Our job is to, one, help you find the release. Yes, absolutely. And I think 
um, by my patients coming. Uh, and you and I briefly talked about that this past week as well. A lot of people think holistic approach is very expensive mm-hmm. and it's for the wealthy. The You know, don't get me wrong. There are some high end yes. services that are out there mm-hmm. that are deemed for the wealthy because they have the resources to do it. And so by the mindset of thinking expense, you know, they've already talked themselves out finding out. Um, one example, I have a, um, a young lady who was a paraplegic and her wheelchair was the same wheelchair that she got when she got shot, young lady, mm-hmm. about 15 years ago. So um, she talked to the wheelchair company and they were telling her she had to get it custom and it was going to cost all these thousands of dollars. She already got a power wheelchair. Medicare is not going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And she was like, I just need a wheelchair to just spend time with my family. And so I said, well, she said, I can't afford it. I said, how do you know you can't afford it? Did you research it? Mm. So me and her just had this conversation. I said, "Um, uh, have you gone online to look? Right. And so when I told when I started pulling up stuff and sending her links, she was like, oh, my God, I can afford that. And I'm like, but you already know. But a few minutes ago, before you even looked, you couldn't. So the same thing about your services. You know, a lot of people think, well, I can't afford that. How do you know? You didn't even. Listen, I had these brochures for for years and we're out of brochures now. Yeah. But um, and they they had a gloss cover on it and they they're really nice brochures. I had them really my branding. I've always made sure my branding was like top notch. And so a woman I know works for a company, a high-end company. She took the brochures and she took it to her job. And the person took a brochure and was like, and just looked at the brochure and and told her, oh, I can't afford this. Didn't even look at the prices in the back, which were, one, my services, $99 for a circuit. But they already psychologically got themselves out of, I can't afford this. But really, but what it really boils down to we don't have financial issues in our community. No. We have resourceful issues. We have mental, emotional issues mm-hmm. that block us from seeing the opportunities that exist. Absolutely. I saw a guy in Kenya, and he had like an old compact computer, and he was mining with Bitcoin in this hut. Wow. Right? I saw another guy finding tires and making shoes. Black people, we've always been resourceful, mm-hmm. but we only resourceful about the things that we feel like we, we that's going to help us be better, which right. is what? The capitalistic mindset of buying a car or having some clothes or having some shoes, and now we glorifying trips and all these different things, but we don't feel good on the inside. Would you rather go to Bali or would you rather be able to sleep at night? Wow, that is, that's true. You know, which one is it? Because you don't feel safe in your own body. Right. Because when you have sleep issues, and we had we did a whole episode on sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in your bed, that's the place where you should feel the safest. Right. Because you're laying your head down and for eight, nine, ten hours, somebody can come in there and mess with you, but you trust that for eight, nine, ten hours, you're going to be okay. And a lot of people live in communities some people live in communities that their safety is not there. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But if you live in a community where there's no gunshots outside, your door's locked, and nobody ever causes any, any problems in your neighborhood, and you can't sleep at night, why? Right. Because you don't feel safe. Your brain, you're mm-hmm. overwhelmed. 
And then two, another thing that we're going to transition to is uh, mineral deficiency. So you're into doing um, like IV therapies. Like why did you, why'd you see that as a, uh, a need for the community? And the reason why I felt that that was a need is because, uh, like I said, for every medication that you take, it depletes the body of something. Mm-hmm. So everyone, because I was doing um, home visits, that's how I started my business with home visits, going into the homes for the elderly, sick, disabled, and shut-in. And I would come in, and we would tell them, your appointment is, you know, I'm coming. Make sure you have all your medications on, you know, so I can document it. I would come in, and and the table is full of bottles. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so for every bottle, they're depleted of something. And and I'm like, you take all of this? And and I have never met anyone who takes all that medicine and say that I feel good, not one. Right. And so I was like, how can I incorporate this? and making my patients feel better. Mm. And so I was introduced to a lab um, that did the deficiencies and allowed for Medicare patients to have it covered. And so I started doing it that route. And mm-hmm. um, and I did have some high-end clients as well mm-hmm. who wanted to know what their deficiencies were because, don't get me wrong, I have nothing to get multivitamins, but vitamins are supposed to be taken in certain combinations. Well, I have a big deal with I have a, a lot against multivitamins. Yeah. A lot of them is garbage. Of Specifically course. from like GNC and these companies, they found that a lot of them. Because when you go to the bathroom and your your urine is bright yellow, you absorb nothing. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I figure that your body takes what it needs when it needs it and the rest it doesn't take. So, And then some vitamins taken in the wrong combination cancels mm. each other out. Yeah. So why not find out and target what the deficiency is and just give that? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I have been doing that for a while now. And so uh, we do IV infusions. Um, I do IV push because okay. I don't have 30 minutes to give in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to keep it moving, and so we would do the infusions uh, based upon the deficiencies and push it. And so um, insurance companies d- didn't pay for that, but mm-hmm. the insurance companies would pay for the administration, which means mm-hmm. an IV. Right. And so we would pay out of our pocket or out of that service for the vitamins for them or charge like a $10, $15 copay for those. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're in the city, right? Right. Um, because there is a food desert in the inner city. If you go to most people that walk or go to the store, they're going to the corner liquor store. They're going to the corner grocery store. When you go into the grocery store, you smell, the smell mm. hits you. Mm. And so um, in combination with the medication that they're taking, they're deficient. So I, I I can't I filled a little bit of the hole and so they saw a difference. They saw a difference in their health and so it became a, a way of life for Bethesda. That's what we do, that's how we handle it. And then I'm a real stickler about how you eat. Mm. You know, I mean you know, I'm telling people we're not asking you to spend money that you don't have. We're asking you to redirect those dollars that to, you know that you're spending things. for better things. Okay. So if you're a smoker, mm-hmm. $9.50 a pack, right? you know, that's a lot of money to just be burning up and smoking and actually paying cash money for a disease. You, you know what will change a lot of things for nutrition that we don't even realize and the data is coming out more and more and more? Eating one meal a day? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... 
uh, think about this, and I say this a lot too, everything to our convenience is not to our benefit. Mm -mm. So if you look back maybe a hundred years ago, right? We weren't eating five, six times a day. We weren't. <laughs> we, I mean, we were hunters, gatherers, right. farmers. Right. And so it was like you walked everywhere. So if I wanted to go to South Florida, yeah. what I would have to wake up in the morning and say, okay, family, we're going to put these backpacks on or get our horse and buggy right. and we're gonna go or, or we gonna walk or we gonna walk right so you know so but we're everywhere we go we drive you mm -hmm. know and so it's it's like it was to our convenience but has it been to our benefit do you, do you know that i looked up the report on um you know the black spending and you know what big thing that we spent money on was tell me juice Oh, yeah, I can believe that. Because I tell people, cause people tell me all the time, Dr. Grace, uh, I drink juice. I said, what kind of juice? Read the labels. So I'm an avid teacher on how to read yeah. the labels. And so they are drinking a 16-ounce juice, but the serving the is only sugars, eight. the sugar, like how many grams of sugar I in mean, that thing? Absolutely. And so they think they're doing a good thing because mm, it's fruit and, right. and all that other kind of thing, especially with my chronic pain patients. Sugar is an enemy yeah. for inflammation. Yeah. And so I always say I would challenge Dr. Sabi if he was alive now he says the root of all diseases mucus. mucus i don't, I don't I believe, believe that no listen though mucus is a response a to response. inflammation yes and so he probably would change but uh. well that's what I, I said on the last show that um it's not that i don't think he's not right he's right in what he's looking at right absolutely like there's layers of it right you know but mucus so where's inflammation so uh, you know we partner with uh, every show i got tell people about, about this. We partnered with Clint Ober who rediscovered earthing, a.k.a. grounding. Mm -hmm. And that what he found out is that our bare foot was not supposed to be off the earth. No. And because it is off the earth, now we're inflamed even more. Yes. So all these chronic health issues is all contributing factors. So it is all from being inflamed. And we've mm -hmm. seen some dramatic changes with people just from having them ground. Absolutely. I have a, um, a, a one of my patients who was... Uh, an abusive relationship was shot and she was left for dead. She's in mm. a wheelchair now. And she would come and she would always, uh, along with her phantom chronic pain, she would always have muscle spasms and she mm. was in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, how many, since you've been in a wheelchair, when was the last time your feet touched the earth? And she would, she said, I can't remember. So one summer she had her daughters to take her to the beach mm. and she would, they would put her feet in the sand. Wow. And it stopped the spasms completely. Yes. And it was not a peel. Right. It was not, you know, anything right. soaking in water or anything right. like that. Just and putting your feet just on putting the ground. Her, yeah. Yep. So this last couple of months with the pandemic and all of that, she hasn't been able to get out. Now the muscle spasms are back. And so I was like, well, when the last time? She said, I haven't been able to go. My daughters haven't been able to take me. You know, so uh, she said this week that she was going to start going back. So... I, that's the question I wanted to ask you. Do your facility, does it accommodate people in wheelchairs? Yes, but at the same time, let's go back on that, that story again. Yes. Because, again, that partnership that we did with Clint Ober, we yes. have grounding products that bring the grounding into, into the, the home. home. That's right. You know what? I take that back. I did um, your assistant or your at the Clint. She gave me those Nina, links. she's a Nina support. Woo-woo, yep. Nina did that. Yep. Um, Nina, I, I did, now that I think of it, I, when I had, I just had my appointment with her mm -hmm. virtually. I sent her those links. Yes. So she's really excited about uh, getting those products, yeah. at least yep. the, the uh, in her home. So yeah, you're right. So my my goal is to get a million of us 
of our people grounded. Yes. That right there would be able, that one simple thing, if we can get the inflammation, to at least to douse the flame out of our bodies, out of our brains. Because yes. now they know we have glymphatic cells in our brain, right? And so when you don't get into good sleep cycles, that glymphatic cells and the inflammation causes Alzheimer's, dementia. So now that we can get that, get, you know, better night's sleep, a regulated nervous system, that can change our health drastically yes. just in, you know, days. You know, now we can still go and, you know, do the, it's still more work. Yes. That's not it no, at all. Not. That's not all that there is. I'm never a one-shot pony. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. You've been to Inception. You see how many other things we have, and that's that's not it either. There's right. more to it as well. That's why, you know, we talk about mineralization. So how many of your patients would you say are deficient in minerals and vitamins? All of them because they're on some type of medication. So, um, I, uh, so example, if you read medication bottles, a lot of them are followed by a mineral for two reasons because it helps. I'm sorry. What what are they? Minerals like I like. So let's just. I'm just going to use a drug. Losartan sodium. Okay. Losartan sodium is an um, what we call an ARB, which helps with um, um, no losartan's potassium. So it's an uh, anti. Uh, amp- hypertensive so it's Mm -hmm. an herb so it helps with vasodilation but potassium does too Mm -hmm. but the losartan not only works synergistically with potassium but it also depletes the body of the potassium okay so so they have them in combination together so a Mm -hmm. lot of drugs if you read them they have minerals attached to them to help them synergistically to work but it also depletes the body of that same mineral and so i said that to say for every pharmaceutical drug anybody takes it depletes the body of something um and all the enzymes in our bodies needs minerals to operate yeah and so here you are people that are taking these uh pharmaceutical drugs Mm -hmm. without replenishing what the body is depleting it of that's why people say once you start on a medication that you will be on it forever. Yeah. That's like antibiotics dis- destroys your gut flora. <sighs> it's napalm. It's like it destroys the good and the bad because mm-hmm. it can't distinguish between right. the two. Now, I do believe there is a place for antibiotics, mm-hmm. but I also believe that you need to replenish, replenish yeah. after you're done. And mm-hmm. how many of us know that and do that? Right. Um, and a lot of people don't do that. You know, even with my patients, if I prescribe an antibiotic, I'm like, okay, you need to do a probiotic after you're done. And Mm -hmm. so, but that is not the norm. And then, so I always say happy gut, happy life. And so Mm -hmm. if your gut is full of bad bacteria, which is signaling to the brain, hey, I need to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And what causes bad bacteria to stay alive? Everything that we are not supposed to eat the sugars. sugar. So, yeah. so there is an inner biochemical war that actually taking mm-hmm. place and people think something is wrong with them, mm-hmm. but no, you really are fighting the biochemistry in your body. That's saying the bad bacteria is signaling to the brain. Hey, I need sugar. Right. Yeah, I want that donut really bad. Could you eat that donut? Right. And then you give that's, into and it. That's the, that's the little critters yeah. that's controlling you that yeah. you don't know. 
And people think it's something wrong with them. No, mm -hmm. there is really the bad bacteria is releasing biochemistry. It's, it's Believe it or not, your gut is connected to your brain. Mm -hmm. So there's a dermatome when we're developing fetuses that separates. It goes to make the gut and goes to make the brain. Mm -hmm. And so you it's they talk to each other yeah have you ever had that gut feeling yeah, yeah absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's so, your intuition absolutely so um even when you have a, a happy gut your gut also secretes serotonin which mm -hmm. is the feel good happy hormone so imagine and you your have, immune system is mainly where in your gut right so if you had all this back bacteria sending all these chemicals to your brain to eat horribly and then we, as the medical community, label it as obesity, a lack of discipline, you know, mm -hmm. fat shaming mm -hmm. and all of that, instead mm -hmm. of seeing it for what it really is, along with the inflammation process. It's a chain of trauma. It's a chain of trauma. So, and that's where your facility comes in in regards to resetting. So even though you reset the brain, now, this is just me talking. I have no proof of it. I really do believe that at the level of the gut is doing something, too, because it's the oh, same. Oh, no, absolutely. Because, because we're talking about your, um, your um, you know, the cranial nerves. You're right. talking about uh, in magnosphere. It helps to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get the brain and body. It's, we're talking about the vagal. Right. The poly, not the, yeah, the vagal system. So that's what we're talking about. It runs down through your gut. Right. Rest and digest. Rest and digest. So we're, yes. that's activating. So absolutely. Like, I think when people hear brain, they only get stuck brain. This mm -hmm. has a cascading effect. Like, right. we have a detox circuit, too. So all of those, we're moving systems versus symptoms. Right. That's what our, that's what our facility does. It's just working with the systems to actually support it. We don't do anything. We're just helping your systems to get more space and help it, give it more resources. But, you know, that's why I look at a lot of these um, antidepressants. It's like, well, where is serotonin mostly made up? In your gut. In the gut. But what are you doing? You're altering brain chemistry when it's in the wrong brain. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, and that's one of the things that I have been, uh, we also do neurotransmitter testing too. Okay. Because... You know, for mental health, they give medications to mostly all of them are to increase serotonin levels. But you don't know where a person's levels are. So why are you continuously giving this medication if you're not monitoring the levels? So you, so you mean to tell me that, you know, once I come to you, you're a psychiatrist and you label me as uh, depressed or ADHD, you never looked at my brain? Is that what you're telling me? I haven't read any literature where they have. Have you? No, I mean, they, 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 they diagnose based on the DSM-4, DSM-5. It's, it's, it's just a diagnostic manual where if you come in and you, and you take a survey. Mm -hmm. So people always ask us when they come into inception, where can I look at my results? I say, I'm looking at them. <laughs> you. You're the results. Because if you go to the doctor, you don't ask the doctor, what, what, can you show me the results? No, no you're, you're looking at the results as subjectively. subjectively right. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Subjectively. You took a survey. Okay, well, how do you feel now? Like I can show you on the screen that says, oh, yeah, you should be feeling better. But you don't feel better. No, it's, it's, it's you. Tap in. You got to get in touch with this and understand, well, how are you feeling? You know? Right. Nina and I had that conversation because I was like, I want to see my brain skin from when I first started. She was like, no, we no, look at you. Right. Because then, again, that's I used to do brain mapping uh -huh. before. 
but that's a very slippery slope. Okay, I got you. You know, and it becomes very diagnostic, and mm-hmm. you don't want to be a diagnostic. diagnostic. You know, you. is the brain is changing. By the time you looked at that thing, that your brain then changed. Right. You know, but the but the skips, pauses, and interrupts within the music that you listen to with our brain training is the information for your brain. Right. That your brain is doing something with it in real time. It's just using. That observation theory, whatever is observed changes. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you go into the mirror and look at yourself, you can see, oh, I had makeup on my teeth. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. You didn't know it before. What gave you the awareness? Mm -hmm. The mirror. Right. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So, you know, but I get it, though. I know a lot of people, they like to look at that. But we, we like to get people to the place where subjectively they can, I feel great. Yes. Then nothing else matters. Absolutely. Now, we do actually, for me, um, all my patients, I go through their labs with them. And I explain to them what I'm looking at and where we need to improve. And out of my entire practice, um, I would say, let's talk about vitamin D deficiency. Mm. I have maybe five who are therapeutic. That's a lot for only five out of a total population of my patients we do labs on. They only, they're, when you, when you mean therapeutic, what do you mean? That means it's in a normal range. In a book, oh, they're in a normal, out of all of your clients? Out of all of my clients, especially in the African-American. Because we, our skin. Melatonin, yeah. we're in Michigan, the right. whole thing. So I am um, an avid component of assessing what the deficiencies are and explaining them the right way to take their um their vitamins because you can take them but if you're not taking them right Mm -hmm. um, because vitamin d is a fat soluble vitamin so you need to take it with a good oil or good a good fat so a lot of them too are doing uh vitamin d and um um, vitamin k right vitamin k2 so yeah yeah, so i do but i do also have a water soluble vitamin d Uh i've just been prescribing that that's in a powder form i want to see how that works Right. And because it's better absorbed as an isotonic in the gut, so we'll see. So, so that's the that's the that's where I'm saying the interdependence and the connection. Yes. Where I would like to have our clients begin to come over you to you. And one, I would like to start to do some testing and see how you know um, how the body looks after they're de-stressed. Right, absolutely. Because you can't absorb. You don't absorb when your body's stuck in a stress response. No, because stress, I always think stress is inflammation. So if you're inflamed, how can those cells absorb? absorb they can't. Right. They can't. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no way. Wow. So that's, and then doing the testing on the, the vitamin D, because, you know, during COVID, that was one of the biggest issues with people of color getting COVID, is we were vitamin D deficient. And passing from it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Literature has uh, proven that people that had demise from COVID were vitamin D deficient. Right. Period. I mean, it, it was. I mean, it is what it is. Right. So, along with the pre, what they call the pre-existing conditions, pre, pre-existing. Yeah. Um, the vitamin D probably was part of the pre-existing condition. The body can't fight all these other factors, and then it's gonna go fight COVID at the same time. It, it just you've been fighting. Too long. You ever seen people at the end of the life that say, I'm tired? Yes. It's like the body, the body can't continue repairing at the at the rate. It can't. It doesn't have the energy. Right. And what they're what they're showing too, um, specifically Dr. Say David Sinclair, who was a um researcher out of Harvard doing anti aging, and they show that um actually our um NAD levels, they decrease after you get to around forty. 
Mm. And NAD is like a precursor to like our um, ATP production and energy levels. Right. So now they're starting to, let's see, the thing is other populations like the white community, they're already researching this stuff on right. longevity and knowing mm-hmm. what to take. We're just starting to understand that, right. you know, our health issues is not just, you know, helped by doing alkaline water or, Right. Or, um, you know, whatever. We, we like to get into these buzz words of things. You ever notice that in our communities? Like we get, we attach to these little fads of things like it's. Keto. Ke- keto or, yeah. or, or just veganism Ism. or, or mm-hmm. um, any ism. ism. It's not, it's not about anybody right. in specific, but any ism. Right. Like I said, alkaline water was one. Um, what's the other one with the, um, the Dr. Sabi? Uh, out the seaweed, what is that? Sea moss. Sea moss. So a lot of people, and it's like all those things could be good, but right. the thing that's driving all of that, and that's how that's where I come mm-hmm. from, is this. Absolutely. Uh, he's pointing to his head. I'm pointing to my brain. <laughs> yes, his bread. So, uh, so let me say this too is I use this analogy. It's like being in a boat with a hole in it, mm-hmm. and you got this water gushing in, and you got a pot. So all those isms are pots. Mm-hmm. Let's patch the hole. That's where the diagnostic stuff comes in at and what the deficiencies are. Let's patch the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's pour out the water or we're, we're all just going to sink. Right. And so uh, being able to understand what the deficiencies are is key because, I, you know, I can come to inception and feel better. But if I'm deficient, how do I maintain that serotonin level that I need? Mm-hmm. If I'm deficient in certain um, nutrients, I yes. cannot maintain mm-hmm. the relief that I got, mm-hmm. the release that I got from inception. Right. Um, if I have fight or flight and um, I came to inception and I'm relief now and I don't have the vitamin C that I need when cortisol levels get high to break down that cortisol. Mm -hmm. Once it comes back up, here I am again. So it's very, very important that people understand what they're deficient in. Mm -hmm. How many people eat lemons? How many people eat oranges? You know, how many people can't because they have allergies, but they need that vitamin C? Mm -hmm. You know, um, in certain, certain circuits where you read about certain foods, they have the vitamin C, but they also are inflammatory. So it's like a vicious cycle, cycle. cycle. So in order for your body to process and do what it needs to do for autocorrection, you need to definitely know what your deficiencies are. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta treat it like mind, body, spirit. Absolutely. Versus just one thing. I always like to think that when you come to inception, you're turning, you're turning the faucet off. Yes. But you still got to take care of the flood. Yes, absolutely. You still got to take care of the mess. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can walk home and see, look at the mess that I've made. And that's why even mentally, emotionally, a lot of people will walk away. And when they get back home and, they're in, you know, during the week, mm-hmm. they start seeing a, having a lot of emotions pop up. Right. A lot of sadness, a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. Because now they can see, look, look what I created mm-hmm. around me. Because when you're stuck in those patterns, you you act out those patterns. You manifest out those patterns, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you got. But that's fine. In order to change, to know better, you, you know, you got to do better. Exactly. You know, so so what are some tips that you can that you can give people to, you know, maybe who can't get to you or get to me around health and wellness, some stuff that you learned for yourself over the years? Well, first of all, we're virtual. 
So mm-hmm. it's not just you coming to the office. I mean, we're global. We, I mm-hmm. mean, I have people that I uh, help as far as India. Wow. And so um, we're global. So so what do you do for them all, all virtually? <laughs> virtually, they log on. Uh, we talk about what's going on. Um, a lot of things, the symptoms that they share with me, I can automatically, you know, I've been doing it for a while to say mm. what they're deficient in. Mm. Um, anxiety um, begins with a thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just does. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the holistic approach of that. Uh, we're called my name of my company is Bethesda Holistic with a W W H O L E, not holistic, but holistic because right. we do the holistic approach mm-hmm. from the spirit, soul, and body. So, what I the tips for myself down through the years, um, you have to take time to learn who you are. Once you understand who you are and the, and that you have purpose and you learn how to love yourself, then it becomes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. My challenge has been from the nurturing aspect of being a nurturer, it, it triggers the person, why does she care about me? Mm. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I show them through my nurturing that you are valuable. Mm-hmm. And then once they feel that, then they reflect that. And once they reflect that, they feel that, then they act on it. Right. But until someone taps into that part of them, it's a continual virtual cycle. So for me, I had to learn how to love myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, until I got to that place of grace, you're worth it. Grace, I love you. Grace, you deserve it. Mm -hmm. It was always something missing, something broken, something, something. So so that would be my tip of the day. You know, you hear about self-love, self-care, and all of that. But the self-care can't come until you have the self-love. Yeah, and I'm a, we're going to leave on that note, but it's one thing that um, I, I've mentioned this in earlier in podcasts, too. We've always heard that you got to love yourself. Like, But what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, But really, loving yourself is a very systematic approach. It is. Because if you look at the inside of your body, it systematically supports you. Yes. And I, a woman told me, Esther McCormick, she said, David, you got to try, stop trying to fix yourself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand what that mean until I kept going along my healing journey because I had to understand that there's nothing wrong with you. Your brain and your body did everything and it's doing everything to try to keep you alive. The thing is, we got to move from health care to self-care and to self-love and self-support. Till next time, guys. You've been listening to the Inner Wealth Podcast on EYL with David and Elizabeth. Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Raz Cass, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent, get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health at inception. Join the movement. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.